if the state of alarm ends in that moment, what happens with tour guides? The state of alarm for us will stay there because tourists will not be allowed to come here because, you know, all, all borders are closed right now. Hello, and welcome to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides navigating a pandemic. I'm Wouter Bernhardt, and just like my international colleagues all over the world, I'm currently unemployed. For today's episode, I spoke to Jorge Roman. Jorge lives in Madrid and has been a tour guide for 23 years. And as a Spaniard, of course, he faced the heavy restrictions that the government posed upon its citizens. If you go out, you you had to keep all the tickets with you in case the police stopped you. Don't get me wrong, it's not a state of siege here, okay? It was just controlling everything and the police were always very nice. The main topic, however, of this episode is not specifically related to Madrid or how Spain is doing in this crisis. The thing that is hurting more about all this is how betrayed most of guides feels from the tour companies that we have been loyal for years. Here is Jorge Roman. You are you have been a tour guide for a very long time. You said twenty three years. Um, you're you're mainly on the road through going through all kinds of places. You're not just in Madrid. You're like all over Europe, I assume, right? You're just driving around. Okay, yes, that's right. I, well, I'm based in Madrid. That's where I live. Okay, uh, but uh, when I'm in town in in the city in the low season, uh, there is a bunch of colleagues in here that uh, we are in a group, and whenever we need each other. Um, we just text, hey, are you available for this uh, date to do this kind of service or whatever? And, and if I am, I can guide locally here in Madrid as well. You know? Yeah, I see. Now you are um, a full-time tour guide. Unfortunately, at the moment, there is there is no work or there is, there's not, not much that we can do on the streets. There's no people coming in. How, how how have your how have your um, colleagues in Madrid been experiencing it? Are you in contact with them? What what is the community there, uh, sort of saying? Yes, we are. We are all in touch, and uh, we are very concerned about that. There are some people that they have no expenses, like uh, mortgages or whatever, because the, it's already paid, or they live with their parents and they have some savings. Okay. But um, most of us, we are really concerned because we have uh, expenses that we have to attend. The situation in Spain is um, regarding uh, being a self-employed and a tour guide. Apparently, for some reason, it is, uh, and this is a critic I'm, I'm launching here. Uh, you know, we are like the last step to get any help from the government to get any attention from the local authorities, to get anything from whoever, uh, which is something that is kind of um, not understandable at all when Spain is a country that one of the main incomes is tourism. Why do you, why do you think that is? Uh, well, to be honest, I have no idea. That's what we all are wondering. Uh, three weeks ago, I did apply for the social help that the, the government was promising they were going to give because of this state of alarm. And uh, I haven't had any replay yet, up to date. So I'm wondering what's going to happen. I mean, the, the, the help is going to be minimum. It's going to be just peanuts. But it, it won't cover. <laughs> it won't even cover my my mortgage uh, fee every month. Uh, but uh, of course, my my savings has a limit. 
and if there is no income, <laughs> we don't know. Uh, sometimes, and I'm going to be here a little bit dramatic and humorous at the same time. Um, I do like to, I'm a freak of old movies, you know, I like old movies and uh, 70s, 60s, 70s and 80s music. And many of my explanations to the people is just comparing things with that. Regarding this situation, I compare myself with, uh, and please don't laugh out loud, with Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind when you said, when she used to say, I don't want to think about it now. I'll think about it tomorrow. <laughs> I think, but this is uh, something that I, I think many of us feel also because some of the problems we're facing are just too big. You know, this it is oh, yeah. almost yeah. impossible to really have any control over what's happening to us individually. Um, so I, in, in some way, a very sensible solution is to sort of, well, I'll think about it tomorrow. Yeah, but right now there's nothing you can do. Right now, okay? Um, that's why I told you earlier, uh, in this project I'm now just doing the uh, website and uh, building the website and, uh, and the blog on Facebook, uh, is one of the things that it might be useful in the future, whatever way it takes. So um, we all are aware that uh, tourism, the way it was, it won't happen in a short term, okay? Until we find a solution for all this nightmare or there are new techniques still to, do, to develop or something like that. The thing that is hurting more about all this is how betrayed most of guides feels from the tour companies that we have been loyal for years. And you in what sense do you do you mean that? Well, from economically, yeah. you know, from there up to, okay, we'll call you back whenever we hear some news. Uh, okay, and then in the meantime, what, what should I do? Waiting for what? Yeah, this is something uh, I think many of us feel also because, well, we work for companies, but we're not employed by them. Yeah, but we, what about loyalty? Mm -hmm. What about people with experience? How long have you been doing this uh, work? I, I, I know you, you're not. I'm not the 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 introducer here. But for how long have you been working? I, I've, I've been five years. Five years. Okay, I've been twenty three. Mm. I've been twenty three years working as a, as a tour guide. So I I have companies. I have been totally loyal to them. You know, holding the same fees for years because they kept saying that the market is this way and the prices are going going down and they need to lower the prices of their um, of their trips to to in in order to to gain customers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, I have had my my fees frozen for the last five years. Okay, and. Uh, how 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 do I get paid for that loyalty? I'm not saying pay me fully for the tours, the seven tours that you have cancelled to me this year. I'm not saying that. But at least, I mean, you're a big company. What happens with the money that you've been earning? A, a big question that I think many of us have is if there should be a different way of working um, in, in, in this field. Like many of us love 
being a freelance guide. Love the freedom that it gives, the uh, idea that you can take off two months holiday, that you can decide to make your own schedule, to say no to tours. All these things are beautiful, but especially during times of hardships, we all feel the consequences of not being employed, not having any security, not getting a little bit of money for the tours that get canceled. And those are all part of the job, so to say. Do you think things will change in the future? Do you think things should change in the future? It should change in the sense of uh, getting all ourselves united, uh, trying to, to organize a, a real and serious committee to try and at least have someone in the political sphere. I'm talking now about the European Union, okay? Uh, listening to us, at least listening and be, uh, putting them aware in how problematic all this is. Um, creating a union, well, right, yes, why not? There's many associations, but these associations are just wet paper, as we call here in Spain. Uh, that means they're useless regarding when it comes to these moments that we are living now. Okay, so it's something like, uh, okay, you're a tour guide, you, you, you have a license, you have a, uh, you can, uh, you know, the Balkenstein uh, thing that happened in 2009, you can guide anywhere in Europe, uh, or at least being a tour leader with your group in, in Europe and guide locally. Um, okay, you are entitled to all this. But pay a fee, fine, I pay a fee. As long as I understand that I'm going to be backed up by some um, let's say, official rules, because there is none. That is the problem. So this should change. You know, we should be heard somewhere in the high uh, steps on the, on the European Union. And, um, but I'm not talking just because of Spain, which is a country that I told you earlier, lives mainly in the tourism. I mean, what about Germany? I mean, this year, all this uh, pilgrimage that is going to be has been cancelled. And I have three tools scheduled for that. Uh, what about Italy? <laughs> what about France? What about uh, the UK, um, Ireland? All these countries that they have their guides, they have their own little local associations and they pay their fees, but that's nothing in cases like this. Mm. Do you think um, there is a chance to, to have a, a bit more of a sort of European, um, yeah, how do you say that? Um, association, so to say, we of course have the the, the sort of guides association on a on a European level, which of course are trying to do their best at um, yeah to try and lobby with politics and stuff like that. But I, I think it's not it's, it's not it's not strong enough. It's not strong it, but, enough. But I also feel like maybe it should be it should be more locally as well. You know, maybe that's where things. Should start to yeah, yeah, but tell me, tell me, what's the concept of the European Union if it's not locally? The European Union is supposed to be local altogether. That's one of the things that is getting me angry as well, because with all these things happening now with this uh, coronavirus, um, especially Southern Europeans, okay. And when I say Southern Europeans, I'm talking about Portugal, Spain, Italy, Greece, even people from the south of France. Okay, uh, we, well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to talk in the name of anyone. I'm going to talk on, the, on my name right now. I feel that we are kind of a, like a second class part of the European Union. 
So, um, uh, and now becoming politics with your, uh, political, sorry, with your question, I do believe that this is a, a very, very um, dangerous step for the European Union. Not only, not because of the tourism, okay, it's because the way the situation is handled in general aspects. Uh, I think it's going to be like, um, okay, uh, it's going to be a before and after the European Union. Uh, after all this happens, because the people from the south of Europe, they are totally, totally angry about what is happening with the rest of the countries. And that is not uh, criticizing. This is just putting on the table aspects that everybody knows, but no one has dared to talk about that. I mean, uh, putting together an union of um, so many countries with so many different cultures, with so many different personalities and so many different way of lives is not easy. And it's very difficult to unify that. And if there is no consent on that, how can you continue? What does um, what does your immediate future look like? Well, what are you going to do in the, the next couple of months? Uh, I have to wait and see. I don't like saying that. I I hate to say that, and it really hurts. I'm hurting myself by saying that, but I have to wait and see. Listen, I could go now out on the streets and find a job, but the unemployment rate in Spain has raised in the last two months up to 25%. So it's not easy to find a job. Uh, as you know, in, in Mediterranean countries, we are outdoors peoples. So when you are outdoor, an outdoor person, the first thing that you want to do is to find to go with a friend or a bunch of friends and go to a bar and drink a couple of beers and have a chit chat and then stay up until late at night, especially now in summer, it's coming. But uh, bars are closed. Most of them are going to remain closed after this pandemic because they cannot afford to, to have their places closed for so long. Uh, so it's not going to be easy to find a job, but I could try. I'm fine. But if I find a job tomorrow or next week, then I have to give up of, of being a self-employed in here. And by doing that, I will not get any help from the government if, I get, if I'm entitled to. And then it will stop everything I've done up to now. So that's why, um, not only for me, but for everybody in the same situation I am, uh, we still have to wait and see how all this <clears throat> is going to go through but uh, let's 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 uh, say that everything goes you know the way the government expects 15 days after we're going to enter in phase number two or stage number two then stage three and then stage four there will be a kind of a normal situation but uh, always with the new restrictions that all this virus is, uh, you know, uh, holding uh, everybody wearing masks and uh, public transit is going to be limited to half of the capacity, etc., etc. But if the state of alarm ends in that moment, what happens with tour guides? The state of alarm for us will stay there because tourists or tourists will not be allowed to come here because you know all, all borders are closed right now. You're allowed to cross a border. You live in a in, in a town nearby the border and you have to go to another town nearby the border of the other side because if you're working there. You're allowed to do that. Okay? Or if you have to go to the hospital in another province, uh, because your province is the limit with the other province and the general hospital covers you 
on your or your physical uh, place where you live. So you're not allowed to do that. But tourists, they're not going to come immediately. I understand that those who can afford to travel, they are willing to, but uh, like it happened in 9-11 and also in the 2008 crash as well. You know, tourism went down a lot, but uh, people who had money, they did it. But now they, they have to add something else to that, which is the fear to, to, to get infected by, by all this. Well, um, Jorge, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate your insight and, and perspectives on on yeah, life under or tour guiding under COVID-19. I would love to be able to speak to you in the future again and see what's up, what has changed. Um, and uh, I really, uh, really appreciate uh, our conversation. Thank you. Have a nice day. And uh, let's cross our fingers and hope that everything happens uh, quicker than it's uh, supposed to be. Okay. We will do this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Buzer. Bye-bye. Jorge Roman from Madrid. Now, I think Jorge touches upon one of the fundamental issues facing our industry. What is, or what should be, the relationship between a tour guide and the company that hires them? We all know that we're freelance guides and that we're able, or sometimes even obliged, to work for different companies and clients. This is what makes our job so exciting, challenging, and most of all, free. And yet, many tour guides find themselves working for the same companies for the majority of the year. They often have worked for the same companies for years. In Jorge's case, even decades. And even though, Technically, these guys are self-employed, they're freelancers, part of the gig economy. The relationship with these companies can feel very different, almost like the bond between an employer and an employee. Now make no mistake, none of the tour guides I've spoken to dispute that they are self-employed and that there are certain roles and consequences that come with being a freelancer. And I'm not sure that many of us would want to change into a form of employment, even if the chance presented itself. The problem, as I see it, however, is that the choice doesn't exist in our industry. Companies don't offer employment to guides, and that makes it very difficult to think about a different kind of a contract or agreement. A partnership between guide and company. Maybe trading a bit of freedom for a bit more security. A kind of a loyalty reward in order to strengthen the bonds and create a healthy industry. I don't know if these kind of topics resonate with you, if you feel that this is something you want to hear more about, but if you do, let me know. Shoot me a message at thelowseasonpodcast at gmail.com. Or, and this is something we're just setting up, you could join our private Facebook group in which we discuss all things related to tour guiding and tourism. I've posted a whole bunch of links in the show notes that includes links to Jorge Roman's travel blog from Madrid. Definitely go check that out. That's it for today. Friday, we're back with a new guest, Bert James from New York City. Blocking people in on the bridges and on streets right at 7.30 so that they couldn't leave. And then at 8, then they go in and attack everybody. It, 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 was, it, it, was, it was so it was almost a reason to instigate violence. So if the protesters fought back, now you have a reason to go in harder. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork by Christopher White. Georgia Ryungu is the mummy longlegs of social media. For now, speak soon, my friends.
how do I get paid for that loyalty? I'm not saying pay me fully for the tours, the seven tours that you have canceled to me this year. I'm not saying that, but at least, I mean, you're a big company. What happens with the money that you've been earning?